0: Would you like to guess, my dear listeners, what we are doing with our very limited spare time and our non-existent budget? Mm. We're in a musical. Oh, yeah. Yep. So there might be a break mm. coming up.
1: There will be a break coming up because not only is Tech Week 26th through 30th, but also is HOSA week. So that week I will possibly die. We'll see.
0: My name's Heidi. I'm actually in this show.
1: And I'm Rory, and I'm trying to survive the month of November. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about what we enjoy,
0: be warned they Spoilers ahead. Oh, I should have said that by the time this episode comes out, it'll be my birthday.
1: That is true.
0: It's because I'm a stupid head. What book are we talking about?
1: Well, no. First of all. And secondly, Binti Home
0: (gasps) by Nnedi Kurofor. It's great. It's so good. Uh, This is such a good sequel. We
1: talked about Binti before. If you don't remember, if you don't remember, re-listen to that or like skim through.
0: Or listen to it for the first time. And if you listened to it and didn't read Binti, it's 96 pages. You got time. You really do. Like, we don't have that much time.
1: Then you have time.
0: (laughs) We're telling you. You definitely got the time. I love this book so much. It's really good. Can I read the back? Yeah. Cool. It's been a year since Binti and the Meduse Okwu enrolled at Umza University. A year since Binti was declared a hero for uniting two warring planets. A year since she abandoned her family in the dawn of a new day. And now she must return home to her people with her friend Okwu by her side to face her family and her elders. Her experiences off planet have changed her forever, and Binti will have to discover whether there is still a home for her on Earth. It's so good. Oh man, yeah. And it's it's literal. There is a physical transformation Binti undergoes in um in the first one in Binti. And I love that it's so deeply connected to her past and her history. Like yeah. the tessellated braids, I think Rory you mentioned those in the Binti episode. Mm-hmm. They're actually transformed into something more similar to tentacles, which the Medusa have. And so it's like the one of the biggest cultural markers she has is Mm -hmm. like taken away from her and replaced with something else. Like she's not just and like replaced with something
1: that's a cultural marker marker for like something else. Like it's not just an insignificant thing. It's like, yeah, kind of a big thing.
0: (laughs) It's not like a shaved head. It's like a literal replacement. Yeah. Like, a new thing is 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 there. It's incredible. And the family is really complex. Like, their yeah. relationship to her is really complex when she comes home um, f- to Earth to go on this, like... You're a woman now, Quest. I can't remember what Pilgrimage. it's called. Pilgrimage.
1: Thank you. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about it in class the other day when we were learning about uh, some Edgar Allan Poe stuff because it was Halloween. And so... <laughs> Yeah, I remembered the word.
0: (laughs) You're a woman now, Quest. Pilgrimage. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But yeah, she has a really complex relationship with her family because she really did leave when you're really not supposed to. Yeah. And it's not easy for anyone, which I love. And also she's got uh, incredible PTSD. Yeah.
1: And I love that her uh, little pocket guy,
0: her astrolab. Her astrolab.
1: astrolab, Astrolab. her astrolab is like every time she has a panic attack it like rem- says like you're having a panic attack I suggest getting some help or you know doing a simple mathematical meditation which is a crazy concept to me and I love it mm-hmm. throughout this book there's a lot of like getting calm through like thinking about equations like she kind of I think it's called treeing but where she just kind of like does a bunch of equations in her head and all those turn into like you know when you do an equation and then you have to put it on a graph it like does that but in her head too so like there's all these
0: shapes and like
1: it's just really cool it's a cool image to have in your head
0: yeah yeah yeah, and she slowly develops the ability to like see the math in the world, mm-hmm. like the formulas that create the shapes around her, which I think is ballin'. Yeah, like, let's just have that out there. It's an incredible thought. Um, and also home, I was like, how is everything gonna go to hell in this book? Yeah, so well. Yeah, and it deals with like four directions of this culture thinks this culture is stupid when in reality they're all misunderstanding each other. Yeah, it's such an incredible like grid of prejudgment and and the word i was looking for is prejudice this coffee yes. is necessary <laughs> um like the other the desert people as yes. she calls them who look like they can't control their hands and it comes up that perhaps she's not understanding the way they're communicating and that maybe they're not just talking with their hands metaphorically
1: yes <laughs> 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 wow but there's like, there's the Kush, there's the Meduse, there's the Himba, and there's the uh, desert people, so-called desert the people. The Enyi Zinaria. Yeah.
0: I found it. I that found
1: one. it. I, n- th- I was trying to look for it because I didn't want to like yeah. give them their s- bad name, but I <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> felt a little bad saying it. Because like throughout uh, throughout this, oh my gosh, throughout the them meeting each other. Binti and these desert people. She kind of learns that, like, mm, maybe don't call them that. Maybe they don't like that. Maybe you should learn their actual name.
0: Maybe it's inaccurate. Also, yeah. the Idan, which is a really big plot point mm-hmm. in the first book, turns out that they're like, oh yeah, we've seen one of these before. Yeah. I, we totally know what this does. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> huh? It's not possible. And they're like, oh, it's not only is it possible, let me let me work with this right in front of you right now. Yep. Um, I just... ah. I love seeing someone not be given a free pass from prejudice because they are prejudiced against. Like, and that is, I understand that is like a questionable thing to say, but it's kind of like the attitude of like, you're never woke enough. Yeah. Like that, that they did it so well. Nettie. Well, and by they, I mean just Nettie. Prejudice. Yeah, everybody's got judgments in their heart. Everybody's making mistakes.
1: Yeah, like the Kush thinks everybody's stupid. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks the Kush is stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Kush in particular... Well, they think the Medusa are cruel and the yeah. Himba are foolish.
1: Yeah, the Himba are, are like stupid and the Medusa are vile. And like we, they're gross. Yeah. And, and they're it, disgusting.
0: It's so weird too because the Himba make their highest tech. Yeah, Like, the Himba make the astrolabe lab. They make them. Yeah. And the Kusher, like, practically treat them like slaves. Yeah. And it's, it's just weird. It's almost as if colonialism is not a reflection of intelligence, but of cruelty. Huh.
1: That literally gave me
0: a headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oof. Do you want some coffee?
1: No, I'm okay.
0: Huh. Oku was happiest around human beings when it was menacingly looming. (laughs) I I love love that. Oh, it's so great. Also, her dad is so cute about the Medusa. Yeah. Like, he tries so hard to take care of Oku. Like, he makes him a little tent (laughs) with, like,
1: the mist or, like, the gas that he. He was like, yeah, it was easy. Like, I just kind of looked up how to do it and then I did it. So I wanted
0: him to be comfortable and not want to kill us <laughs> an excellent choice binti's dad also oku going in the water and just going all splishy splash <laughs> splishy splashy. and she's like oh yeah will the water kill you and he's like oh certainly not oh definitely no splishy splashy i'm a beach ball in the water Whee. a beach ball with death tentacles
1: oh yeah it's really cute because the Medusa, like um think water's their god like, water is the Medusa's god. Like, they worship... Worship. That is the word. They worship water. And it's just really cute. Because <laughs> he's always... Yeah, he's just always talking about it. And um, he's like, mm, we came from water. Like, we believe we came from water. And so...
0: It's really cute. <laughs> that and also Binti kind of having that moment of realization when she's like, going in the water is forbidden for my people. And not going in the water would be forbidden For the Meduse. Yeah. And kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really good... I don't know how else to put it. Cultural... Like cultures grinding up against each other. Yeah. Like they're not quite... They're not (laughs) quite... Like they're not quite colliding in this novel. Yeah. Like like Binti, they kind of more collide. This one, it's more like they're trying to settle into coexisting which is not the same thing as like being at peace with each other that just oh, means that not, not everyone is dead that is all coexisting means
1: it does not mean it just means that everybody lives and not that everybody
0: is happy oh certainly not not in this novel not in most things no also i love that it doesn't really explain what the night masquerade is like at all in this whole book
1: yeah I'm still like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know I'll figure it out in the next one, which is called... Wait
0: for it. Night Masquerade. <laughs> I think you will find out what the Night Masquerade is I think in I'll the figure it one out. entitled Night Masquerade. Yes. Oh, one of the best lines ever penned. Sometimes the obvious is too obvious.
1: Ooh. Yep. Yep. I agree.
0: Like, Nedia Okorofor is great at, like, plots that make a lot of sense but and that you believe, but also the plot is predictable in the sense that you hope that it goes the direction it's going to go. Yeah. And there's enough yeah. indication that when it does, it's like, yay, Whee! but it doesn't feel like wish fulfillment either. Like that's a hard line to, to, to hit. And in that yeah. way, it, ma- it reminds me of like a myth. Yeah, Like you feel like, you know how it has to end. Right. Right. But also so many twists and turns. And sometimes the obvious is too obvious. <laughs>
1: Oh, one of my favorite descriptions of someone who's kind of like, I don't know, athletic. Slightly? Mm Mm-hmm. One of those people who found motion so easy. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the most, like, that is the most description of an athletic person from a really not athletic person.
0: Oh, how nice. You can move. Mm, you find motion
1: so easy. What is moving?
0: Oh, Oh, I wanted to turn back so badly. Enough was enough was enough was enough. There's a long paragraph. Plus, I didn't want to turn back. Why don't I ever want to do what I'm supposed to do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep.
0: Me and you, Binti. Me and you.
1: There's a section where she was talking about, like, she just wanted to go to this dance, and, like, her parents wouldn't let her go to the dance, because she was a harmonizer, just basically, like, if you don't know, which I'm guessing you don't, um, a harmonizer is, like, you bring harmony to the universe and to, like, people, like, you're very good at talking thing like, talking people down, and it was very important in the Binti book, and, like, it, continues to be important but it was like the main like oh my gosh she's not dead it's like yeah it she's will very really good at talking
0: m- it will very much continue to be important in night masquerade as well so figuring out what harmonizers are kind of important <laughs> that's a
1: big one so like as a harmonizer <laughs> and as the harmonizer in the family she couldn't go to the dance <laughs> they're like you need to make sacrifices she's like I just want to (laughs) dance like there's a whole chapter where it's just like I just wanted to go to the dance I love dancing
0: and then it turns out that not going to the dance she threw a fit and ran into the desert and that's when she found her Adan and she's like I wonder how different my life would have been if they would have just let me dance (laughs) it's my favorite line and I'm just like oh wow oh wow I mean, aren't we all
1: wondering how different our life would be if they would just let you dance?
0: <laughs> Are we not all wondering what would happen if they would have let us just spend our time in the desert, not getting swept up in large intergalactic problems? I bet Luke Skywalker wondered that when he marched right back to Jabba the Hutt's store in Return of the Jedi. That's right, we're talking about Return of the Jedi.
1: Oh, My gosh. (laughs) I'm sitting in front of her, and I didn't even
0: predict that. I did a uh, (laughs) lot. I I have done a lot of time in church. I have been to church a lot. (laughs) Time (laughs) in church?
1: (laughs) And one thing you learn is (laughs) how to subtly transition. I've
0: done 10 years in church. I would like you to double that number <laughs> and then add 3. I wasn't
1: talking about you. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I talking I was giving a, uh, an example. Well, you, a hypothetical. you hypothetical. Cuz you weren't no. talking about you. No. I was giving a hypothetical <laughs> if you will.
0: Anyway, today, uh we're spoiler alert. We're going to be keeping to the Binti and Star Wars theme. It uh, felt right. Yeah, because yeah, because they're both series. Those are all the reasons. Yep. Return to the Jedi. Let's have a conversation about it. First off, I just want to throw out there I love Ewoks.
1: Mm, I love them. And Taya, my dog, sorry, I just used her name out of random. Mm, Doggy. She reminds us so much of Ewoks, and like she's such an
0: Ewok. Oh, I can totally see her lighting someone on fire. (laughs)
1: Like, she's so cute and sweet, but also, like, will cut you.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Does that mean Hugo's an oversized porg?
1: Hugo's definitely a porg. We found this out a while ago. I'm just. <laughs> this one isn't new. But I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here
0: for this. Not th- th- Your dog's not about you. I'm curious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we just needed to categorize my animals as Star Wars characters. Mm. Or you know animals.
0: <sighs> yep. Animals versus uh. P- persons in Star Wars is difficult to distinguish. Yeah. But that being the case, Return of the Jedi might be my favorite Star Wars. It's definitely my favorite in the old trilogy. No, mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. It's so good and like. I don't care if they're using the same plot. Oh, we're back on Tatooine. Oh, it's Death Star. Yeah, it's because all those things are awesome. Yeah. Big boom, boom, moon. There's Excellent. And reason there are sequels. Excellent. We wanted more. Yeah. Of that movie. Also, I can very much make that sound that uh the Darth Vader's helmet makes when it comes off. Hmm. The I want to see you with my own eyes. <laughs> That's the sound it makes when his helmet comes off, and it's amazing. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of suctioned on, you know. It's all fancy. <laughs> My boss Jason, during work hours, uh, we w- we went down a, a rabbit trail for a bit of uh, of why Darth Vader's suit has exposed buttons, <laughs> and it's it's because there's a very large theory. That it's because it made him easier to control by the Emperor because the off button is very visible. It's the red one. The big red one in the center of the (laughs) chest plate is a reset button. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a thing in the novels and the comics that Vader is well aware his suit is low tech and that is on purpose so that Vader can't rise up against the Emperor. (laughs) What a mood!
1: got to keep the off button real close Mm -hmm. real accessible
0: well that also means that if he's not protecting himself using the force at all times someone who's a force user could totally just force press the button (laughs) 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 like I'm now understanding why it was important to hunt down all the Jedi very fast because otherwise you just see someone pressing the button from like (laughs) several (laughs) yards away
1: This is my new favorite thing about Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Vader's exposed buttons. (laughs) He's exposed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Annie's (laughs) never going to get over it. (laughs) Uh. Also, I very much like the edit where they used... this This is just another... While we're on the topic of Vader, I love that they put in young Anakin Skywalker from the prequels. Into the Force vision at the end of the movie instead of the older dude they originally had, because that made way more sense Mm -hmm. that he shows up looking like the last time he was a Jedi. And also, it ties the prequels in, which I like. Yeah. Like, that's very firmly one of those changes where I'm like, no, this makes total sense. Mm -hmm. We should do this. Like, I'm a little bit annoyed. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not annoyed, but I would not be annoyed if they reshot the Bilbo scenes in The Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. with. Mm martin freeman right like i'd be like oh that makes sense yeah but please don't do that peter jackson you've lost my trust because the hobbit was a disaster back to return of the jedi i want someone who's good at making videos to make a uh lord of the rings versus the hobbit physics and just it's a split screen of things that definitely kill you in the lord of the rings that do not kill you in the hobbit Mm. Mm -hmm. that's it that's the whole video what do you like about Return of the Jedi? Line. <laughs> do you like Leia?
1: Yeah. She's sick. Also, I don't know if we, did, we mentioned this, and I feel like when we talk about Star Wars, we can kind of talk about all of them. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> that no, no, seems no. like an okay an acceptable choice.
0: I would like to throw out there, though, that we can't talk about Rogue One as a part of all of them, though. Well, yeah.
1: Like, if we t- not really a part of, like, the trilogy. Yeah, it has to
0: be an episode.
1: Yeah. I'm like, that's not an episode. It's like a little side thing. It's also, a side like, quest. the Solo thing. Like, those are all different <sighs> things. Yeah, I didn't see either of them. No, I saw Rogue One, actually.
0: Rogue One was excellent. I yeah. had not seen Solo there. That is indicative.
1: Yeah. So... Oh, yeah. So, we were talking about earlier how the big controversy about mm-hmm. um, Leia in the uh, third...
0: Episode 8. Last year Yeah. Trailer.
1: That one. Mm-hmm. The third... Uh,
0: th- th- three trilogies. <laughs> the third trilogy.
1: How Second episode, yeah, yeah. The third
0: trilogy. Or episode 8 would be the other way to phrase that. Well, Yeah.
1: <laughs> If I did have coffee, then that would have been the way to phrase it. Um, But when she moves toward, like, when she's in space and she forces herself through space, Mm -hmm. you know, that that time, Mm -hmm. the controversy about, like, no, she can't do that. We would both like to point out a few things about that. (laughs) One being... Um, It's zero gravity, and it wouldn't take that much willpower. To force yourself through zero gravity, there is no resistance whatsoever. Secondly?
0: Uh, I'd like to remind everyone that Leia was tortured by two of the most powerful force users. Well, we don't know if the Emperor got to her, but definitely Vader. Uh, One of the most powerful force users in the galaxy at, like, 20 And how much information did she give up? None. And when they blew up her planet, you know what they gathered from her? She didn't like them. That's it. (laughs) That's all she ever said. Like, she managed to lie to Darth Vader's face and he couldn't drag one iota of information out of this woman. Also, she had, like, forced memories of her mother and a connection to Luke while he was on the Death Star and everyone's like, Luke must be dead. And she's like, he's really not.
1: (laughs) He's really not, I can tell you.
0: That's also in Return of the Jedi. And thirdly...
1: Do you think that Ben Solo got his force powers from Han
0: Solo? (laughs) No! That was not paternal. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. Also, also, if we're going to complain about Skywalker women doing something unexpected, I'd like to remind you all that Shmi Skywalker got pregnant with no man. This is not the first time a Skywalker (laughs) woman has done something unusual involving the force. Just, if Anakin can be born via Immaculate Conception by the Force, then <laughs> Leia can drag herself 20 yards through zero gravity. You think Shmi Skywalker was trained in that? No, she was a slave. Also, did the Jedi train themselves in Immaculate Conception? <laughs> that doesn't seem to be a thing the Jedi trained themselves in anyway. Like, shut up. We all know Leia is... Force-sensitive, at the very least. And, like, also the fact that the old fake canon made it very clear that the, like, there were so many times that Leia was demonstrated to be Force-sensitive. Yeah. Like, just, uh, the fact that she is functional after Alderon blows up is a great sign that she's probably a Force-sensitive, just yeah. in the sense that she can channel herself and, like meditate calmly enough to be like, are you a little short to be a stormtrooper? I am on death row. My planet is destroyed. The rebels are definitely in big trouble and I don't know where the plans are. And when she sees a stormtrooper come to her cell block, what is the first thing out of her mouth? Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? This is not a woman who is... (laughs) No, she is very in control of her feelings, which tells me she's probably in touch with the Force. And I am also not a fan of making the Force into a level-up system. Like, Star Wars seems to make it pretty clear that if the Force isn't everything, then in theory all you'd have to be able to do is tap into it. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's not like a video game where you level up in Force abilities. It's it's limited yeah. by your... Kind of your own awareness of what the Force can do and also your own ability to get out of the way. Yeah. And there's a lot of times in Star Wars where people seem to do something just kind of in an emergency situation. Also, doesn't... I remembered another force thing Leia does. Hmm. She finds Luke when he's falling through the sky in Bespin. Like she's very much like, go that way. And they're like, "Mm." she's like that way. Go that way. Because Mark Hamill said that he was playing the scene like he was committing suicide. Uh That Luke was killing himself. So for Leia to have caught him, says that she just knew where he was. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like as if she was using the force. force? (laughs) So that's our that's our little tangent on on why the original trilogy supports Leia being able to drag herself 20 yards through zero gravity. <laughs> also, you can press buttons in a skirt. Just putting that out there. Yep, reminding everyone. I mentioned that I can probably pe- press buttons without pants and my boss was like, "To clarify, you mean in a skirt?" And I'm like, "No, I no. mean I you know, brushing your teeth." Like, "Hey, Gunners, maybe concentrate your fire on the star destroyers swish 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 Spit. yep there you go <laughs> hold on hold off on hyperspace till i finish my mascara it's not hard it's a button <laughs> it really isn't. but Ugh. huh yeah i love i love star wars so much cuz it's just it's just a romp Ah, oh, yes like it's just a space opera cowboy adventure <laughs> with people in black riding off into the twin sunsets <sighs> Like, I watched the Cowboys recently, which also has a John Williams score. Yeah, Star Wars is just a cowboy movie in space.
1: It really is. It's
0: a space cowboy movie. Hey. They're all space cowboys. Now we understand the connection between Binti and Star Wars. Ah. Because Rory and I are also Force-sensitive, sometimes we just <laughs> pick movies and books to go together. Um, on theory. But the thing that the thing that like gets me about return of the Jedi is it's Luke and Leia and Han kind of figuring out who they are specifically in relation to other people like Luke right. in relation to Vader, Leia in relation to Luke, all of that. Yeah. And Binti undergoes this huge transformation and in, in Binti that she's still working through in home. And then yeah. another transformation in home. It's like, they're all trying to figure out how to be human. Oh, wait, transition time. Let's talk about How to Be Human by the Classic Crime, which is our I'm album. Ready. Do you have more to say about Star Wars?
1: No, I just... <laughs> I wasn't emotionally ready.
0: <laughs> Proceed. How to Be Human is the fifth studio album by the Classic Crime. They are currently kick-starting their sixth studio album by the time you listen to this. Uh, the Kickstarter will be done, but it's also fully funded by a lot. Uh, It got fully funded in like five hours.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classy- we talked about that on the last one, I think.
0: No, the current one got fully funded in like five hours. We did not talk about that on the last one because it wasn't up yet. Like, they just kickstarted it. Whoa. Yeah, it... B- Damn. <laughs> I'm definitely a backer People and I'm definitely getting a t-shirt. I'm getting a backer t-shirt Ooh. in like next year. So it's good. It's good. I love Kickstarter campaigns and the classic crime is great. And uh, let's talk about how to be human.
1: Well, first. (laughs) I wasn't going anywhere with that. I apologize. There's a lot of these this episode. I apologize.
0: This is what happens when I actively drink coffee while podcasting and Rory does not drink as much coffee as she is capable of in a day.
1: I forgot. I was so tired. I forgot to drink coffee.
0: <laughs> you're one of my favorites. I'm so happy we co produce a show. We've talked about the classic crime on this show before, but I'm I'm going to kind of guide you then a little bit. Is that okay? Since you're real tired. Yeah, please. What is your favorite song on how to be human? Okay. So there are like two. Shades of Green. Mm. obviously
1: and mm-hmm. wonder they're both great and i feel like they both kind of tie into this uh these array this array of books slash movies mm-hmm. and also i feel like the first song introduction to dance mm-hmm. is ve- like feels very binty
0: oh yeah reasons. not because of the name but like the song but also the name and i yeah. think that's funny also holy water feels very tied to binty yeah um that that's a great one we need to listen to how to be where the light shines through which is a playlist i made of how to be human shuffled with a switchfoot album and they play together really well that's what Mm. we're listening to in the car okay side note anyway back to the show um shades of green is definitely one of my favorites it is like peak religion slash star wars Mm -hmm. Uh, i want to imitate the mystery like that's such a great line that's one of my favorite lines in like any... S- if I got a tattoo of a classic crime lyric, that might be the one. Oh, definitely. It. I mean, there's several that it might be, but that's one of them. That not Done With great. You Yet is one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. That one's also good.
0: Um, I love that one so much. Spare Time is great. Mm.
1: They're all great.
0: Yeah. There's a couple songs on here I'm not as big of a fan of, but uh, in reality, I'm a huge fan of them on the album. I'm just not as big of a fan of them in Shuffle. Yeah. That being said, I really like that the classic crime sounds like poetry. Like I'm going to pull up a song and just read the lyrics and it's like, yeah, this sounds like a poem. Okay. I gave up God for Lent this year, stopped going to the church, learned to fight within myself, the war beyond the words, Found a way to reconcile, forget my fears, and learn the inner price of peace from endless posturing and work. Like, Uh, yas! Ah. Plus, guitar riffs for days. Yeah, they're so great. His voice is so good, too. It's so great! Yeah. It's also so nice to have uh, old classic crime be songs low-key about, like, drug abuse and their new songs about, like, I want to find a way to get in touch with the realist part of reality without drugs. And it's like, oh, oh, our boys, pup, Ewoks, (laughs) big boys. Yeah. I'm really glad you picked this one because also I wanted to talk about how they were kickstarting a new album and that that means we get more classic crime music.
1: Yay. That's always that. That's always a good.
0: It's such a it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time. time. Um, anything else you need to know about how to be human from, from your perspective? What, what else would someone need to know about how to be human by the classic crime?
1: It's a jam. It comforted me while I was on the plane landing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm generally okay with flying usually. But okay. like taking off and landing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is usually like the worst part. And usually like about an hour or so surrounding that time. Mm. <laughs> like an hour after taking off. And maybe like 30 minutes before landing. But I figured out on the way to Portland, Oregon, that listening to music really helped. Good. Because it turns out I just hate the sounds that it's made. Like, I hate the change in sounds it makes as it moves. That's interesting. Because that really worries me. Because I don't know what's a good sound and what's a bad sound. But uh, I listened to this out like these people specifically classic crime mm-hmm. basically and like this album specifically. And then on the train to um, our hotel, I listened to this specific album and it was great. Mm. It was so mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Like I just got to listen to this and then like kind of stare out the window at the dark city lights on. And it was like 10. That's a <laughs> it was mood. kind of late, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. I just it's soothing it's kind of comforting and soft while also being like a jam and rocky
0: yeah it's um it's it's not quite peppy but it's very um it's the kind of music where if I was the type of person who went for runs I would listen to this while running like it's motivating it's like a hug from a really muscular guy. Yeah, the kind of hug where you get picked up and you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's incredible. No, it's a mood. It's I'm, great.
0: I'm, I am listening to you, but I am making the playlist. Um, at, I'm making the playlist better because it uh, it's okay <laughs> if we shuffle it, but it's better if it's in order. Right. Anyway, um, I think it's my turn to ask you the special question. It is Rory. What's your wreck of the week? Okay. So,
1: I've been really into watching, like, videos of people dancing recently. Mm, Nice. Like, usually contemporary dance and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just, it's my jam. I can sit there for hours watching these people dance. Like, three-minute clips. Mm. But. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You sent me a few of those. Yeah. But one of them was was to this song called Slip by Mm. Elliot Moss. And I, like. I didn't even realize how much I liked how much I liked the song until I listened to the album and then I'm like, "Oh wait, this song is like great by itself too, like not even with the dancing. It's great by itself." So, Aww. I recommend uh High Speeds, the album High Speeds by Elliot Moss. It's just it's kind of like electronica a little bit, but like very beat heavy and it's kind of it's like, um, oh, we talked about this, but uh, paper airplanes. Yeah. I think that's what they're called.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of like how paper airplanes were, where they're so soothing to listen to in earphones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's very Are soothing. Are you referring and to paper kites? Yes, paper kites. Sorry. Thank you. I, I was, was like, close. we talked about <laughs> that was someone. Pretty close.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was... Honestly, for low coffee, Rory, I'm happy that it had paper (laughs) Paper. and a thing that flies. (laughs) As opposed to... Paper fly. You remember Cardboard uh, Motorboat? That band we talked about? (laughs) Anyways.
1: Yeah, it's just... It feels smooth while Mm. also being like a beat-heavy thing, and I really like it. I don't know why, but it feels like smooth lava rock. Oh, there's a lot of imagery coming up in my head right now, and I have no reason... No idea why, but...
0: No, no, I, yeah. I very much can get behind that. Yeah. I I like that actually a lot, that analogy. I, oh man, I need to get more music. Now that I've listened to thousands of songs very quickly. I need more. <laughs> I but <want> we, more. <laughs> How much more? All the more. All I want more! <laughs> more! 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 That's a song on this album, I'm not a weirdo. That <laughs> might have nothing to do with each other, Um. But it is a song on, on the album. Okay. So, hi. I made my thing. Your Wreck of the Week. My Wreck of the Week is uh, unsurprising. Mm-hmm. It's um Exora by Copeland, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh, not. I don't remember which Copeland album it is. One thing, I had heard of Copeland a lot, but I didn't realize which side of the spectrum and, like, it's kind of a pool of bands that a lot of people that I knew listened to all of them. Copeland mm-hmm. is very, like, heavy reverb and delay on the guitar and really chill it's great chill music and also reads like poetry the lyrics like the same uh the same bit of dirt holding our weight that's such a good line also standing in the whitest dress i've known have i always loved you have i always known like that's such a great line um, they are excellent also they have a great pedal and i wish i could buy it but i i do not have the money no. a guitar pedal anyway their copeland is excellent just in general but i think Exora is if i only had one of them i would listen to that one and also i do in fact listen to it more than you are my sunshine so right um that that's my wreck of the week is also music this time which is different yeah you know, I don't think there's anything else we really super need to talk about. No. Roll
1: credits! Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP It's Okay to Be Sad. And we love having theme music to you, so thank you, Reese. This podcast was produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you enjoy. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Hey, if You're already here, might as well. If you're really enjoying the show, support it by becoming a patron on Patreon. through Heidi's Patreon. There is a um, linkage in the description and stuff. We want merch. Yes, and thank you to Lahaina Music, because we like having a place
0: to record. And all of this equipment. Yes. We like being able to do this... At all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, we're thinking of bringing the Yeti onto the podcast, and by the Yeti, I mean Chloe, so uh, stay tuned for that. (laughs) Give us a shout-out if you think that is either a terribly good or terribly bad idea. Chloe, you don't get to have an opinion. Okay, bye! (laughs) Bye!